Thank you for joining us here at Black Rock Church, whether you're here in person or online. Let's start by reading from 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And as we read that passage, we see that Paul identifies two distinct categories into which people fall. There are those who are living in Christ, who are new creations, and those who are living in the old way. Throughout the rest of the New Testament, Paul describes the old, the old way as living in accordance to the flesh. So two conditions, alive to the flesh, dead in the spirit, alive to the spirit, spiritual life, and dead to the flesh. So then the question we must answer is, what does it mean to be alive to the flesh and dead to the spirit? And then what does it mean to be alive to Christ and dead to the flesh? Let's start with the first. What does it mean to be alive to the flesh and dead to the spirit? Romans 3, 10 to 12 reads, There is no one righteous, not even one, there is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They've become together worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. That's a really hard word to hear. But we shouldn't be worried if it's hard. We should be worried if it's true. Can it be true? Yes. Just look at the world. We readily recognize that things are not as they are supposed to be. But how do we know that things are not the way that they're supposed to be unless we have the imprint of God in our hearts, pushing us to uh, create a longing within us to, for, things, for the way that things ought to be, even though we've not yet attained it? And we know our own hearts. We strive and we strive to become better versions of ourselves, never pleased with where we landed, falling short of a mark that we perceive exists, but we cannot rightly label it. We blame others, we blame systems, we blame pastors, we blame bosses, we blame uh, parents, we blame teachers. But, but look at ourselves and we ultimately feel we fall short of where we're supposed to be. It is harder to do the right thing than it is to do the wrong thing. I have to work hard to be patient. I have to work hard to be kind. I have to work hard to be selfless. It's not that there's something wrong, per se, that we need to improve. It just seems that there's something wrong that we can't improve. And that is the condition of being alive to the flesh. Being alive to the flesh means that I sit on the throne of my own life. I, in this instance, would be the decision maker of what is right and what is wrong, of what is good and what is evil, of what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. 
I interact with the world and with others in a way to best preserve myself and ensure that in the end, I come out on top where I need to be. I may serve others when necessary, but this is to achieve my own purposes of self-satisfaction and maybe to alleviate some guilt I have that I can't explain. I want to feel liked and will do what I can do to get others to like me, even if it means I have to compromise my own perspectives, because after all, I'm on the throne of my own life, and I need praise. And since I need praise, I will be sure to post all the right things at the right time on social media. And when other people are too late to respond or don't respond the way that I respond, I'm going to cause them to be vilified so I can get the attention off of me. So no one discovers my own insecurities and realizes that I'm doing this at the altar of myself. I will support those who support the causes that I care about because after all, all relationships are an exchange. When the exchange no longer benefits me, I will withdraw my support and my commitment. And I need pleasure, so I will decide how I achieve that pleasure. And even if in the way of getting my pleasure, I hurt other people, I will say that that's not really that bad. I'll compare it to something else. Because at the end of the day, I am in control. And no one, no one will tell me how I live my life. Anyone who stands in the way of me living the, uh, my best life now, my, the version of me that I want to be, must be vilified. Because at the end of the day, I look in the mirror and I need to be pleased with what I see. Because that's what matters. I am the God of me. Friends, that is the flesh. We don't necessarily articulate these things. This isn't something we'd say to our friends. This isn't something that we would talk about openly. But it is a true spiritual condition. There are about 330 million people in America. At least that's what Google says. And could you imagine the chaos that would erupt if there were 330 million little people trying to be gods and fighting for their own right to exist in the best way they know possible? I don't know that you have to work so hard to imagine that and see the consequences. And there are consequences eternally for sitting on the throne of your own life. God permits it for a time, but because we are created by God and in his image we are eternal beings and there is life after death. And he is a good God, but he's also a God of wrath and he's also a God of justice. And a good God holds offenders accountable. You cannot be good without punishing the evil. And if we approach the throne of God, having never surrendered to his rule in our lives, having rejected his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, he will not force an eternity with him upon us. Why would you want to spend an eternity with a God you spent the entirety of your life avoiding? He is a good God whose laws have been broken and there must be justice. And that justice comes in the form of eternal separation from the Father, first in outer darkness and then later in an eternal lake of fire. Wow, that's hard. But hear the good news. Because God is a good God and because he is aware of our corrupted nature, he recognizes that on our own there is no way for us to save ourselves. We cannot initiate our own salvation because what flows from us naturally is sin. And self-rule, not God-focused worship and surrender. 
So God in his goodness and his grace came down to earth in Jesus. John 1, 14 says, The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus entered the world and was God with us. He lived a sinless life. He taught that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. He also says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. God came to us. And why did he come? Galatians 4 reads that God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who were under the law. John 3.16 says that God so loves the world, so loved the world, that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Hebrews 9 tells us that Jesus put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. In John 1, we read that he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And in 1 John, it says that Jesus is the atonement for our sins. Jesus sacrificed himself to take on the punishment of sin. I'll use myself as an example of my sin. He went to the cross and he said, Stephen deserves this punishment, but I will take it for him. Do what you must to me to satisfy your wrath and justice, Father. But forgive Stephen. And not only was Jesus a substitute for my wrath, that I, for the wrath that I deserved, he fulfilled the law of God entirely, and he lived perfectly. He lived perfectly the way I can't. He fulfilled the command to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, knowing full well that I cannot, that we cannot. And Jesus not only forgives me of my sins by being the living sacrifice that, that absolves us from the wrath of God, but in living perfectly, he therefore gifts me also his righteousness. So we recognize Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and surrender to the Lord and say that that was for us. And when we recognize that he lived a perfect life that did not deserve crucifixion, but it was an active act of obedience that he, we can receive his righteousness. And then God gives us the opportunity for the most glorious exchange that could ever be, that we take our sin, that we take our self-centeredness, that we take everything about us that is corrupted and we surrender it to the king. And in exchange, we receive forgiveness for sins and imputed, meaning given to us, right? Righteousness from Jesus. And then the old is now new. And we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Dead to how he once lived and alive now to Christ. My friends, that is the gospel. And for those of you here today or at home listening, and you're hearing these words and you recognize that in your heart, you still sit on the throne. I give you the words of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and say, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent just means to change your mind. To change your mind about being on the throne. To turn away. And to recognize God's rightful place on the throne of your heart. As we are seated, seated on a throne, we were never created to sit in. And when we do that, we receive forgiveness of sins. We receive the righteousness of God.
After this sermon, there's going to be baptisms. And you're going to see people who will kind of like live play this out for you. They're going to go into the water underneath and they're saying that they're recognizing that their old self is dead. And they're going to identify with that, right? And they're going to go under the water. And then when they come out, they come out of the water and they're saying, I've been washed clean. I am new. I have received the righteousness of Christ. I have received forgiveness of my sins. They are celebrating and telling you all that they are a new creation. That is fantastic. That is wonderful. That's why we make such a big deal about baptisms here at BlackRock, because we're celebrating all that matters. Hey, we do a lot of stuff at this church, but all of it should point us to the gospel. All of it should point us out to how do we live out our lives as new creations in Christ Jesus. And so to my friends, my brothers and sisters who are new creations in Christ Jesus, do you remember who you are? Do you remember that he prepared for you good works for, uh, in advance for you to do? Do you remember that he says that you're not just his servant, but you're his friend, but more than a friend, you're a child and an heir, and that you will share in the same inheritance that Christ shares in. And he says that there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And what often happens is we use that verse and that promise as a way to go, I sinned, I messed up, I feel really guilty, but there's no condemnation. No, that's not quite exactly what that means. What it means is that when God sees you, he sees you through the lens of Christ because you are a new creation. And there can't be condemnation for a new creation that is a co-heir, that is a brother to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that when he sees you, he sees the righteousness that Jesus lived and died and resurrected to share with you. That's the heart of all Christianity. Let a curse be upon anything else that obstructs you from fully grasping that truth. And so as we celebrate today, baptisms, I encourage those who have not stepped off the throne to step off the throne. You've heard you're without excuse. You now know you don't belong there. And I say this to you from a place of love. The best thing you'll ever do is to allow God to be God Step, let, step off the throne, repent, and say, Lord Jesus, I need forgiveness of my sins. I recognize that I've been thinking that I'm in charge of my own life for far too long. I receive your sacrifice. I thank you for your righteousness, for your perfect life. I repent, and I recognize and surrender to your lordship, and I recognize you as king of my life and of the world. And for those of you who are already new creations, today celebrate. Today, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Rejoice with your brothers and sisters who are being baptized. Look at how far God has brought them and reflect upon how far God has brought you. And ask yourself this question. If I am indeed truly free and I've been set free from sin, what am I being set free to go do? And that is to be an ambassador of Christ. How that looks in your life, that's a sermon for another time, but it's a prayer for right now. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you are leading people directly to your heart now. And I ask you, God, that there would be salvation for those who don't know you and for the first time they would experience you and they would come off the throne of their lives and you would sit upon it. and They would receive forgiveness of their sins in Jesus' name. And for those of my brothers and sisters who are rejoicing in their salvation today, let them not lose the joy of their salvation. Ignite within them a spark of joy and let them celebrate and dance before their Lord who has made them well in their spirits. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, my name is Corinne Ferreira. Corinne, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes, I have. Depression and physical illness revealed the need to seek and find Jesus. I was captive to anxiety and sin, but God sent the Holy Spirit to take my pain and transform it into healing and forgiveness. Through Christ, I'm free from anxiety, fear, and anger. Each day, God transforms my anxiety into peace, and each day I know the peace and his plan for my life as I grow in the understanding that he meets all my needs. God's unconditional love for me shows me how to truly love those in my life. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes, I do. As I die to myself each day, I leave behind my self-centered pride and wounds. My life is rooted in God's word, and I grow in my understanding of his love, mercy, and faithfulness. Today, I'm baptized as an outward sign of my inner faith in Jesus. Now my life is turned toward God. I've accepted his call in my life to love others and to live out his truth. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hello, my name is Paul Gulbin. Paul, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Uh, yes. Although church was always part of my life growing up, I never really experienced the comfort, peace, and joy that was only found in relationship with God. For many years, I wandered away from God and lost my spiritual compass. In 2014, I found Black Rock Church and started to build a personal relationship with God. My life has been through a series of ups and downs, but I've learned that God's mercies are new every morning. No matter what happens, no matter how rough life gets, Jesus is always there to forgive and to help me get back up again. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes, I'm being baptized today to confess that I received God's forgiveness and restoration in my life. Today, I declare that I will never give up, put my whole trust in Christ, paving the way for greater things to happen to me, for me, and to serve others. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Ava. Ava, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes, I've grown up in a Christ-following family. I've also been blessed by Black Rock Church's leaders from Kids Cove Diffusion, who taught me about how much Jesus loves me and wants a personal relationship with me. 
I realized that I needed Jesus to be my Savior, so I asked him to forgive me my sins and save me. As I grow older, I feel the Holy Spirit is working more and more on my heart, helping me grow closer to Jesus. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Baptism is a step of obedience that shows you've repented from your sins and turned to God. Jesus is the source of my comfort and peace, and I choose to follow him the rest of my life. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Corinne Hogan. And Corinne, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes. In 2017, after years of searching for acceptance, love, and a sense of joy from people and even God, a friend reached out to me and taught me about Jesus. I've decided to place my trust in Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and heal my life. Today, my life is completely fulfilled by my relationship with Jesus and the love, joy, and peace that I have found in him overflows to all those around me. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Being baptized means I am publicly recognizing God's great work in my life. I will serve Jesus for the rest of my life and help others to follow him too. Lord, thank you so much, and I love you. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him. I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Timothy Nelson. And Timothy, have you received Jesus as your personal savior? Yes. I grew up learning about Jesus and how much he loves me. I knew that I needed to be forgiven for my sins, so I gave my life to him when I was younger, and I'm sticking with that decision. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. By being baptized today, I'm showing everyone that I'm ready to grow in my relationship with Jesus. I'm ready to follow and obey him the rest of my life. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hello, my name is Charlotte Nelson. Charlotte, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes, I've known him about Jesus all my life and asked him to be my savior when I was still very young. I knew that I needed Jesus to forgive my sins and save me, and that's just what he did. Now Jesus is my best friend. And do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes, I want to walk with Jesus down the road of life. I love knowing that he will always protect me and watch over me, and I am trusting him to lead me each step of the way. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hi, my name is Matthew Burns. 
Matthew, have you received Jesus as your personal Savior? Yes, I've received Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I cannot live without Jesus. I need his forgiveness, guidance, protection, and wisdom. And do you purpose to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. For the, fast, for the past few years, it has been very difficult for me and my family. I've been hospitalized many times, but God has protected me and helped me through my struggles. I'm very thankful to God and my family for being there for me. Therefore, upon your public profession of faith in the Lord Jesus and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I do therefore baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Ivy Faye and I'm 13 years old. My dad is a pastor here at Black Rock Church and I have grown up my entire life going to church. I've always loved going to church and helping out. Um, those days when I'd go at 7.30 in the morning and come home at 9 p.m. and I'd help out getting the uh, kids area ready and then go help and serve in the cafe. And there were lots of pokes of being pastor's kid, like I've played hide and seek in the church, um, but there are also lots of challenges. Sometimes people come up to me and they'll know my dad and I won't know who they are and it's kind of awkward. Um, and uh, oftentimes people expect me to behave really good because, you know, it'll ruin my dad's reputation or won't make him look good or something like that. Um, and whenever I say my last name, People are always like, oh, are you Josh's kid? Are you Pastor Josh's daughter? And stuff like that. But the toughest thing about being Pastor's kid is I always get volunteered to help. So as I've grown up, I've realized, you know, the difference between just going to church and like really spiritually going to church. When I was younger, I would go to church and um, I would listen to the talks and they would be like stories, you know? And I believed in Jesus, but kind of like people believe in Santa, like as just distant, you know, idea that there's like there's some awesome person. And when I got older and after I really accepted Christ, I started going to church, like really spiritually going to church. I started to listen and really under, try to understand what Pastor Steve or whoever was talking was saying and really apply it to my life. Basically, like as I've gotten older, going to church is something that helps me get to know God and go in God, but not something that makes me have a relationship with God. Like I said, I've gone to church my entire life, um, but going to church is very different than really following Jesus. In fifth grade, I decided to put my faith in Jesus, and it wasn't just about going to church and being a good person. It was about deciding I wanted to have Jesus in my heart every moment of every day. I was going through kind of a rough time and it was, it just, it came clear to me that God was like right there, standing there to rescue me. I, I realized that I'd always known, you know, Jesus, but I'd never met him. You know, like I said in the beginning, the people come up to me, some of them I know, but they know my dad, like they don't know me as much as, you know. So that's kind of how I was with God. I kind of, I knew him, I've heard his name, but I never really knew him, knew him. And I always thought of him as someone who could fix problems. He just fixed everybody's problems and they're all gone. So when I decided to follow him and it became my decision, it was when I was willing to put the time into learning more about him and connecting with him and not just seeing him once a week on a Sunday. Really like reading my Bible and praying, 
not just when things are bad, but when things are good and every moment of every day. I have decided to get baptized today because I put my faith in Jesus and I want to follow him for the rest of the days of my life. And in the Bible, he says he commands you to get baptized. And I accepted Christ in fifth grade, but I'd never gotten baptized. So when, you know, I heard that he got, commands you to get baptized, I really was thinking like, why haven't I gotten baptized? And I just put all those worries away and I was like, he commands me to get baptized. There's nothing I should be afraid of. This is my decision. I should be baptized. Hi, my name is Ivy Fay. Ivy, have you received Jesus as your personal savior? Yes. I received Jesus as my savior on the fall of the student ministry retreat in 2018. I had been struggling with feelings of guilt and sadness at, at the retreat. I sensed the Lord leading me to ask questions about him. As I learned more about Jesus and his plan for me, a happy, warm feeling filled my heart. I wanted to feel that forever. Later, a leader in my small group explained what I was feeling. It was Jesus' forgiveness and love. Right then, I decided to accept Jesus into my heart. Ivy, do you purpose to follow Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. As I'm baptized today, I give up walking alone and choose to walk with God for the rest of my life. Jesus, thank you for bringing me out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Uh, Ivy, based on your profession of faith and your declaration of purpose to follow him, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wow, can you just see the joy on their faces? What well, was incredible to see all the people who publicly professed their faith in Jesus the last two weeks. Now, if you placed your faith in Jesus today or would like more information about making a decision to follow Jesus, head to blackrock.org faith. As a follow-up to our baptism services, we want to encourage you to take some time to go over these discussion questions with a friend or family today or at some point this week. Have you fully surrendered the throne of your heart to Jesus? If not, what is preventing you from surrendering the throne? Now consider talking that over with a trusted Christian friend. In what areas of your life are you tempted to climb back on the throne? Now thank you for worshiping with us and have a great day.